And we are back on the Bayou Dragons podcast, episode 29. It's uh, me and Mitch McCall, and we have a very, very special guest today, one that we've been trying to get on since probably episode three, like we were just saying. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Damon Bailey. How's it going? Glad to be here. We like to welcome Damone, like Porter said. We've been trying to get him on for a while, and uh, he's got some very interesting stories to bring to the table. And uh, like I said, we go back a long way, and we want to hear some of these stories today. So, Porter, what do you want to get into first? Well, first I would like to say I I met – how long have we known each other, Damone? Like, it's been probably about 12 to 14 years, probably, honestly. It's been a long time, man. The first hang uh, – you know, Mitchell's been my boy for a long time, and about the same year that me and Mitchell that's what became I'm, friends, we we went on that frogging trip, uh, drinking moonshine. You remember that? Oh man, good times. We uh, the peach shine. Yeah, it was actually right when Copenhagen Mint came out. If y'all remember that, y'all drove to fucking Magnolia, Magnolia, Texas. And yes, bought the f- first roll of Cope Mint and brought it back to Beaumont, Texas. I don't know if we've talked about we that haven't before, but that's that how dumb we were when we were younger. Is we drove like two hours away to buy a flavor of Copenhagen when it first came out because it was sold in Magnolia, Texas, and we drove all the way there to get like how many rolls did we get? We brought we bought like all they had. I we believe. pretty much bought them out. Yeah, yeah, we bought a lot because we came back and distributed it like through all of our friends. It what was great like we we're it's like, like it was cocaine over here. It yeah. was honestly because we heard Copenhagen meant, and I like dude today you could not put mint in my lip i would die but that was at, the best dip i've ever had there that night oh night dude oh dude we're, we're like 18 years old or something like that you know or younger 17 whatever we were i believe now the legal age for smokeless tobacco is 21, 21. It yeah is, i would be pissed we would be fucked yeah. i was underage which but, i mean i guess I, I started we started dipping before underage you know yeah but can't do nothing about it now but <laughs> i was chewing tobacco at like 14 but the uh copenhagen mint um we drove, yeah, because you remember you called and they're like, it's only distributed in like two spots in America. And they're like, where? Alabama and Florida. And we're like, we're not driving that far. And they're like, they brought it to Magnolia, Texas, of all places. And we drove, me, you, and was it Tanner? I don't remember. Or was it Joe? Who it was. It might have been Joe. I, th- I think it was Joe Rain. Yeah. I think it was Joe because I think we took his mom's car. We took her mom's car all the way to Magnolia, Texas, bought everything we could, and then gave Damon, Damone, that's, He's kind of known by Damone now after that uh that video that went like two million views when you're like I'm over in Damone's pond. Yeah, I think uh, going back to when he initially got that nickname, I want to say it was either you or Matthew who started that, and it stuck. So Damone, it is. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna say it was me, but you know Matthew might argue the fact. But I that peach was you, Porter. To be honest, that I peach moonshine though we drank we drank a lot that night, and we caught a shit ton of frogs just acting up. Oh man. Wild one. Some alligators, too, if I'm not mistaken. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe we cooked those frog legs fresh uh, from ditch to skillet, you know, that night. At least a bunch of them. Yeah, it was over at uh, old Garage's house, man. <laughs> Went back over there and uh, did some stupid stuff in the park, I'm sure, and then, like, freshly fried those frogs immediately. So, Damone. Yeah. Let's, let's start at the beginning. Um, you... Went to Little Cypress Murraysville. I did. 
Texas. Yeah. Because you're only a year or two older than like us, right? Yeah. You're LCM Badland Bears. You're Badlands Bears. Badland Bears. You, I mean, you're a lot bigger than we are. Pretty good size fellow. Yeah, for only being like 18 months older than me, but it's just like your child now. You have a child. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Your child is seven and a half months and 30 pounds. He's a <laughs> hammer for sure. He's a hammer. Yeah, uh, we need to just bring him in here and just show the camera. Like, yeah. this is the biggest baby I've ever seen. It, yeah. He resembles you, man, a lot. I live for that sucker, man. Uh, that's good. That's good. But so, Damone, you graduated high school. Right, yeah, you did. did graduate high school, and then you basically went into being a star. Nah, you can call it that, I guess. You became, uh, you became kind of. Actually, I went to Little Cypress up until I was a junior in high school, and I homeschooled through Texas Tech for my senior year because <clears throat> my now father-in-law, I, uh, we were on a national television show called uh, Gator Nine One One on CMT. CMT national show. That was uh, one of my first real jobs is, uh, was working for Gary Sarge and uh, started out from the bottom, like taking out trash and working a damn push mower in 102-degree heat in southeast Texas. And uh, he slowly just started teaching me how to, you know, handle alligators from a foot and then, you know, slowly worked my way up. And then I was one of the – one of the main guys, you know, doing shows and stuff. And then he helped me get my nuisance license. And uh, I've never, you know, I've never been big on killing them. I've always caught them alive. And I've had my nuisance license for several years now. And <clears throat> working for the sheriff's office, I do a lot with Parks and Wildlife. And I help those guys out, you know, going to all these refineries because, you know, they don't allow people to bring guns into the plant. So I'll go out and, you know, catch them. Yeah, I was going to get to that, which, you know, yes, Damone is in law enforcement, so don't get pulled over by him. Nah. But <laughs> well, I'll elaborate more on that later, but you're not yes. going to get pulled over by me. I assure you. What? How was, you know, the the CMT, the the spotlight, the – I mean, what did you do on the show? Because a lot of people are going to be like, oh, well, that's A cool. lot of people probably don't know exactly. So, Damon was talking about working at, with Gary. He was working for Gator Country. They have a – alligator park they catch nuisance alligators bring them back to the park alive and it's kind of like a alligator zoo in a way it's a yeah pretty much i didn't elaborate very good i apologize for the viewers but uh gator country is located in beaumont texas off of interstate 10 uh the main most heavily traveled interstate in the united states and uh it's in the reptile theme park basically and they have several species of crocodilians uh alligators being the main one uh, some caimans, a few crocodiles, a lot of snakes, constricting snakes, stuff like that. And uh, I was one of Gary's main guys there for several years. It, it was him, and then as the place grew, you know, he was just one of the owners, and it was me and a few more people that uh, that did educational shows three times a day for, for tourists, basically. And uh, from anything from teaching you about them to uh, handling them, feeding them, uh, especially the big ones, you know, people love to see that, you know. Uh, Gary had at one time the largest captive alligator in the United States. His name was Big Al. He's 13 foot, four inches long, right at a thousand pounds. Uh, I think Florida ended up having some bigger a few years later, but then Gary is still known well to this day for, uh, big Tex. He's the largest alligator that's ever been caught alive in the United States. It, uh, 
the time of his capture, Gary caught him at 13 foot 8 inches. And that was on Lake Rayburn, correct, <clears throat> Sam Rayburn? No, uh, he actually came out of uh, the Trinity River Valley Refuge. Shit, and, I, thought, uh, I always off, thought he was off caught the Trinity on River. No, he's caught several over 13 on Sam Rayburn. But, uh, 13, 8, big out Ray, of Trinity. Big Sam. Yeah, out of Trinity right here, you know. Uh, pretty much an Anwak, I believe it was. Yep. Uh, yeah. Like Wallaceville, you know. Wallaceville, basically. yeah. yeah. Uh, eating crab lines, man. People feeding him chicken for years, just <laughs> fat and happy, you know. <laughs> that was a big – I like, I remember when he caught that because he hasn't been – I guess it has been a while. It doesn't feel like it, but it's probably, what, been only like five or six years since he's had text maybe. Yeah, yeah, not like, long at I all. remember when Mitchell called me and was like, dude, come out and see this thing like when he first caught it and like y'all were getting it out of the trailer i was like god damn dude like, it was like literally lake placid looking yeah when he slid off into the pond and 14 <clears throat> almost 14 foot live well, alligator you always hear people talking about oh you know i saw a 13 footer but you know most likely it probably wasn't but just to see that size alligator in person, full body, you know, coming yeah. out of the handling. Trailer. Absolutely, it, it, they're truly. It's like a dinosaur, man. It's incredible. I have a photo uh, when we slid him off into the pond for the first time. I uh, I went down. I you know got in the pond and swam with him, and I I got up nose to nose, and I just remember Gary screaming at me. We got about 18, 18 inches from each other's face, and about chest deep water, you know, and he just just blew up, and I'm like. This may be it, man. I he may just uh, a fuck pooch, man. He's about to crunch my head like a fucking and watermelon. It, you know it, as I mean? he's wild as shit, like not yeah, yeah, not he's, you know, freshly caught, yeah, freshly not even captive, been, not uh, even been fed yet. <laughs> and then Gary was like, "Oh, Damon, get the right way you doing?" I'm like, "Oh man, this is what the people want to see." This is you know, tell this us is a what little want to see. Tell us a little bit about like your like what you did on there, like because people don't know what Gator Nine One One is like. So I did, we did shows for several years and uh, just operate in the park normally. And as it grew, you know, you had other shows coming up, you know, swamp people, things like that. People all across the country and the world were interested in, you know, what people do with alligators because not the, you know, they don't do the same thing with crocodiles and caimans elsewhere. And uh, so obviously these producers started coming through and they started talking to Gary like, man, y'all, uh, do some interesting stuff. What else do you do? And he told him, he's like, well, we're pretty much only the, the only nuisance hunters in the state that don't hunt them. You know, we'll go out there and catch them alive. And, uh, in various situations that we have to deal with them, people's yards, swimming pools, uh, ponds, refineries, and refineries, stuff. you know, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. a lot of people got interested in it. And he did a couple of pilots and, uh, this, this old girl from Dallas, uh, Dallas, Texas ended up pitching one, to uh, Biocon, I think, was over CMT at the time. I don't know if they still are. And, uh, man, they they freaking scooped it up. We got paired with two other shows that kind of flopped. One was called Smoke Jumpers, and the other one was uh, Danger Coast out of Florida, which was – that was a pretty interesting show. <clears throat> but they sold it to them, man. And they uh, that next year we filmed – we did 10 episodes on CMT, you know, 30-minute segments uh, each. And they just followed us around from daily operations at the park to uh, nuisance uh, mainly nuisance calls, uh, just filming us in the in the shit, basically crawling through these culverts. And uh, one of the highlights of uh, me on the show is uh, 
I dove down like 10 foot at the bottom. Jerry snagged this alligator with a treble hook. <clears throat> and he dove down into a moss bed. And I uh, had another guy with me, Kent, big big country turner there. And uh, he goes, and this alligator goes directly off the drop-off. And he's like, man, I, I don't really want to do that. And I just left school. I was in high school, and I, I met them out there. They were in the middle of filming. And I pull up, <clears throat> and I always jacked with these alligators in the water. I was, like, swimming with them. And he's like, man, we got to get this done. You got to get in there and do it, like, right now. And game warden standing there, and I'm like, okay, what's the deal? And I was like, I ain't even seen the alligator yet. I didn't even know how big it was. He's like, oh, he's down there. Just follow the line down and uh, go grab him. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I get in the water, and sure enough, I just I follow the line down, and next thing you know, I feel the tip of a tail. He ended up being like right at six foot, and I just slowly swam, like pulling moss back, and I felt his back legs work his way, and he never freaked out on me. I mean, he could have bit the shit out of me. Like, he could have owned me, and I was eight foot, you know, down. And I made his way up to his neck, man. But when I grabbed that dude, he come to life, and he literally swam me up. I just pointed him towards the <laughs> surface, and he swam me up, and I just shoot out of the water. And I could just hear old Gary screaming, oh, he got him. So Kent swims out to me. And, you know, I'm just trying to hold on to him at this point. I can't, you know, like stick my head up and just keep breathing. I just, <gasps> and, uh, cause I don't, you know, I don't want him to get my shit bit. So he grabs me and pulls me to the bank. And, uh, we go up. Uh, I pretty much let him take him. I'm just so out of breath at that point. And, uh, that was one of the best ones we did. And then <clears throat> there was one in a, me and Gary caught a, it was almost a 10 foot alligator fell down in a, a well, like a concrete well in the middle of a cattle ranch. And uh, we were going through a drought or something, and I guess he smelled the water. And that was one of the most stressful ones. It wasn't that bad. You know, he was confined, but that was a big animal and working in a very in small a, space. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. I, I got a few that I'll bring up later. I have two different catches with you that I've been a part of, and I'm not going to claim to be in, you know. That one was pretty sketchy. I'm the, not mistaken. Well, there's two of them. And what sucks is both of them were involuntarily, we were maybe a little buzzed because it happened like while we we're hanging out. At I will, I will not confirm or deny that. But yeah. Well, it, you can't. You know. you know, you're law enforcement. I get it. You know? Uh, yeah. But so you did that when you were 17 years old. So you had some little bit of spotlight on you and, you yeah. know, nationally known as Damone the alligator wrestler and that I last was too young to go to the cmt awards with gary I know. oh really yeah he that would have been kind of cool to go to that yeah that'd have been cool as shit i didn't even know that that show went to the cmt awards which i didn't even know that was just uh, you know dips invite you know he was invited yeah uh, that's cool some of the people were the older guys on the show and uh you know gary got to hang out with kid rock and them i was very jealous yeah, because you were in high school. Yeah, you were 16, like, 17 uh, years yeah. old, like just on national television catching gators, which you can bring that up on YouTube, I guess. Like, check out what was it called? CMT uh, Gator 911. Gator 911. Yeah. 10 episodes. Check it out. You can see them on YouTube. I did that one. And then uh, Gary did several with uh, the guy named Billy the Exterminator. He was on AE. Gary did four or five uh, shows with him. Uh, two of those I was on. Uh, assisting Gary because 
Billy and his brother, I think it was Ricky or whatever, they're like, <laughs> one of them was a, you know, eight, nine foot alligator in a drainage ditch that ended up being about waist deep. And uh, <laughs> Billy and Ricky's like, fuck that. And Gary was by himself. He's like, dude, I need some help. So ended up being on a couple of those shows with him too. Good time, good time, good people. Uh, Ricky and Billy Bretherton is their name. I think he's like a spokesperson for uh, Terminex now, like the uh, <laughs> the, 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 the uh, pest control. Pest people, control. You know? Well, I mean, he did like ten seasons on A and E. You know, he was the the shit for a long time. Hell yeah, yeah. So when I met you, Damone, you were still like it, it wasn't Gator Nine One One, but you were still heavily involved. You still are, but you were like heavily involved with the Gator Country, and you were doing some. Uh, side like you're working construction basically yeah basically yeah. but when i met you like one of the first times like i really really hung out with you it was during the gator uh what was it gator wrestling uh the wrestling competition yeah. Yeah, that's, that shit there that's was... what i want y'all to talk about that because i just watched both of y'all doing that shit for anyone that wants to you know doubt what kind of shit we've done in the past or whatever gator country used to hold an annual competition and basically, I really don't know how they got away with it, uh, liability-wise. Uh, you know, it only happened for those, what, four or five years? Four or five years, know? and I and did. Then, I competed for two years with my buddy Andrew Austin, and basically, they would set up different obstacles, and they would set loose, you know, five, six-and-a-half-foot <laughs> gators in these obstacles, and anyone could sign up to, to do this competition. And you're timed on catching these alligators – and there, there was different, uh, different competitions. You know, you'd catch one in a pool, you'd catch one in a mud pit, and just stuff yeah, like and that. And the culvert, yeah, the culvert was the other one, yeah. And he'd set up these uh, one like crazy obstacle. It was a big mud pit with tires all over the place, and like a chain leak fence you have to crawl under, and it, it was crazy, man. And uh, I, I have some footage from that from the last year I did it with Andrew. It, it was a great time, but man, you were. Uh, it was a well, multiple stress people, situation. Multiple people got like bit, which like hammered. He, nah, bit does not even yeah. describe what they got. Yes, uh, dude got his uh end of his finger bit off. You know. Yeah, I mean, and it was a like, but you signed up, and that's how I think America. No, so should Gary, be. Gary put him in front of a camera. Yes, video. It's like you will read this out. I voluntarily, under my own free will, am signing up to do this, and I'm signing a waiver of uh, a liability waiver, signing you know whatever. And uh, and he videoed him. He's like, okay, I'm just – and he explains to him. And, you know, Mitch and y'all, y'all have been around. And, you know, you participated in the, the freestyle. Yeah, I did. I did, I did the and, freestyle. Uh, and, and he explained to him, this can happen. I'm just letting you know. You can get a blood infection from dirty water after you get bit by one of these things and you can die. As long as you understand that and you willingly want to participate in this, you yeah. know, Sign the waiver, do the video, you're good. And, uh, and the people did, man. And, dude, they came to watch that shit. Dude, it was you know? hilarious. Like, I loved watching it. I watched it two years in a row. Oh, yeah. And that one year, me and Matthew did the freestyle where you, he just has, oh, yeah. like, 53-foot alligators in a pond. And, and you're, you just go. You just, you can't see shit. And most of them are like, they're like. Mm. This is an average-sized pond, you know. And these like, uh, <laughs> lightning-fast alligators. 
And, and if you grab them wrong, they are biting your yeah, eyes. Yeah, but I will know? say Sarge did it right with the whole – I mean, he had the DJ out there, and he let all of us pick walk-up songs. Like when our team was up, you're like, all right, what do you want to play when, you're, when your team walks up? Dude, and no. get hyped up. It was then, legit. It I was, think the whole thing – and that's how it should be with anything is like, you want to do this? Like, as long as you verbally say you commit yourself, do it. Yeah. So, like, all the – like, because some of that shit was fucking retarded. Like that one where you had to dive and swim like multiple feet underwater. You you physically could not open your eyes underneath. Oh, you yeah. pop up and then you jump into like a like three foot deeper water and you're like feeling around. And just for these people, these, this is not clean water. This is not like you know, no. This, this is, is Southeast Texas chocolate milk. It looks you know? like yuho drainage yuho. Yeah, uh, for sure. And I did see. Uh, I saw several bites, uh, some pretty nasty ones out there too. But like I said, you sign up for it and it can happen. I mean, you're you're catching the untaped. These gators are are live. They're hot. They call they call them hot. They ain't they ain't no tape on them, man. They're they get yeah. I've watched many a bite, but and like I got bit just by like and like those three footers, they'll just bite you. It's like just barely puncture skin. You know, you're fine. But like a six foot gator, people don't understand that's there were some bigger probably bigger than most our viewers. Like most of the people watching this, you have alligators bigger than you, and you're just. Like grabbing around for the son of a bitch. And I would say honestly, the five and a half to six and a half foot range of alligators are some of the most dangerous because they're the quickest and most agile. Would you and their teeth are the their teeth are the sharpest. Like they sharp are like shit. just I'm talking about cut you. Like big ones, you know, it's bad puncture marks hurt, but those they just they bite so fast. And they're so, you know They thrash, man. They thrash they and they do roll. it's just like people take razor blades to you. Like all the way to the bone, and it's just. What's your I'd word? much rather a bigger one, just because they're slower. You can get on them faster. You know, I've been nipped twice. You uh, had a good one one time, hmm? didn't you? Have a good one. Who was it? Oh, that wasn't uh, you. That got me, bit. Man. That you know which one I'm talking about. The one that got like a million views on YouTube. Uh, got bit old, on the arm. No, that was a that was an employee uh, years after the the show. Uh, it was one of the college interns. Man, he ended up being like he stayed so long. Uh, his name was Will Sherry. He played college baseball for the, like the Razorbacks or something. Cool dude, cool man. guy, yeah, real man. cool guy. Oh uh, no, roll, roll Tide, man. He's from Alabama. That's, That's what right. it was. That's right. He did an internship up in Alaska, uh, filming grizzly bears and shit like that, and then came down here and started catching alligators with us. And he did an internship and ended up staying. He's now married and has a kid and lives in Springs. And he's a he removes wildlife from people's homes. So not, not just alligators, but like snakes yeah. and raccoons, things like that. But anyway, he was doing a show in spring. We go to these festivals, uh, Gator Country does, and we bring animals and do educational shows. Basically, what we do at the park, but we just go to these, you know, crawfish festivals, uh, blueberry the, festivals, things like that. You'll be at the this, uh, Texas, Texas, Trophy, Texas, Texas Trophy, Trophy Hunters. Hunters. They'll be uh, there this year with us. We do those. And uh, anyway, so at the end of the show, we take a big alligator. Untape them on these road shows anyway. When you say big alligator, I mean what about nine, ten footer? Yeah, the time nine or ten foot. Uh, put them on the put them on the ground and and just show people what you know what they're capable of and uh, how we catch them. And Will was doing that, and I can't confirm or deny. He says he didn't step on the alligator's back foot. Gary said he did. When you look at the video, man, it it looks like he like he stepped on his back toe. And Gary said it was what you call a targeted bite, but 
if the alligator didn't see them, see, an alligator can't see directly behind them. They have a blind spot, and they can't see directly in front of them because if you look at the way their head is set up, their eyes are faced on either side. So huge range from side to side motion, but directly in front and directly behind them, they have a small blind spot. And that's what, you know, one of us catches them from the front, and, you know, they can't see, you close their mouth, and then one guy comes from the back and gets on, you know, to hold them still when they're big like that, obviously. And a guy named Danny Cook was standing in front. He closed him up, and he's down on a knee, which was bad for him. I would never do that. I'm not dogging you, Danny, if you ever watch this, but <laughs> it's just terrible. <laughs> terrible. Terrible form. Whatever. I'll, we'll get past that. But uh, but he was in no way, shape, or form ready for that alligator to, to jerk away from him because he's down there on a knee. You know, he's, your balance is not good. Right. So when he, but when he pulled away from him, there was no chance in hell he was going to hold on to him. So he turned around, and Will saw him coming. His name was Will, William Scherer, by the way. And so he pulled his arm back to shield his face, and that nine-foot alligator grabs him across the forearm all the way up to his delt on his shoulder. Like his mouth was that big. He grabbed him and jerked him down over the top of him and commenced to shaking the shit out of him. And you still watch that on uh, YouTube today. Yeah, it has millions of views. Going to fast and loud on a different show, like they called him and did an interview with him about this. You know, that's one of the worst alligator attacks they call it that I've seen. And it is it jerked him, it shook and jerked him in one motion. It shook him like three times. But when he pulled him down over the top and he front flipped over the alligator in front of the crowd of people, he let him go. And that was his biggest saving grace because he could have ripped his arm off. Like he didn't have to with let these, him go. With these, he could have started. Yeah, he could have rolled rolling, yeah. and tore it right off at the at the socket. Say Will's probably you know close two hundred pound guy. You know, oh, he's two twenty. Man, he's a few inches shorter than me. Pretty much just picked him up and manhandled him. Manhandled him. That just shows the the sheer power of these animals. I mean, yeah, they're dinosaurs. People don't get that they're dinosaurs, and most the general population has never seen one up close. Never hunted them. Never caught them. Never even physically. In person, these things are sheer power, man. Bro, sheer power. These motherfuckers on creatine, dude. Especially when they get to that size, man. You you don't want to mess with them, especially you know. Mad props to Will though. He got up with holes all in his shit and uh, recaught that alligator after it did that to him in front of all those people. Yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do? You gonna walk away? Say, oh man, I quit. I just let him walk around, you know, Houston, Texas, the <laughs> crawfish festival. He'd probably still He's be like, there. I'm, don't get me wrong, you know, he's probably in his head like, this son of a bitch just fucked me up, you know what I mean? And adrenaline, though. I'm How sure much he didn't feel it. I mean. No, nah, at, at that moment when, you know, his adrenaline dump, he didn't feel nothing at that point. He just felt shook and then was thrown across the Im- crowd. I can imagine, like, like, if anything happened to you like that, like getting bit by a gator or, like, attacked by a bear or something, I, I mean, you probably wouldn't feel it at the moment just because of your adrenaline. You'd probably you know. get erect. I doubt that. Highly. I got to go. Um, but yeah, no, that what you were doing on that show was definitely very dangerous. And a lot of people, and the thing is, and And, and to tell everybody, a TV is not cracked up. Like it's, you know, it's like, Oh my God, I wish I would be a TV star. And you really don't because after you just catch a eight and a half foot alligator in a culvert, you know, half submerged in the water and which yes, at that moment, I would be erect and stuff like that because it's just like, yeah. this gets me off adrenaline, you know? Yeah. And then you catch them, and then they're like, oh, we really didn't get that. Can you let him go and do it again? If I had glasses, this is where I'd rip them off and be like, 
you look at those producers and you're like, what did you just say to me? Well, well we weren't at a good angle. <laughs> that's too fucking bad, bud. And that's just TV for you. I guarantee you. I mean. And, you know, that's, you know, in any other drama series, you're like, yeah, I can do another take. Hell no. Nah. I ain't letting that motherfucker go and putting him back in that culvert to do it again. I'm not about to try to catch a 500-pound alligator. I just did a one and a 500, you know, catch. On that summit, that at that point, I'm not doing it again. I'm sorry. Like That's I'm sorry, you get for the not right getting angle. the shot for sure. You know, and it's not like you can get that many angles in a you know 42 culvert. inch culvert. You know what I mean? Yeah. People have to yeah. know, like, eat and stage, not stage, whatever. When you're dealing with wild animals, <laughs> that summit is not on tape. I don't care if you put it there or not. It's that's all I'm saying. W- whatever, even if it's not, it probably it could still knock your ass out. Uh, I've, I've, like, I've seen it, and then there's multiple videos of that them throwing their head around. I've seen a friend of mine, Gage Drotty, took a seven-and-a-half-foot seven alligator to the jawline. We were pulling them out of the back of the truck, and that's that size you were talking about earlier, Mitch, that's just so fast. He jerked his head around. He, you know, he had Gage was pulling him out by the tail, and he turned around, and he caught him just right there on the jaw, and I'm talking about stoned him, locked up on his back. Snoring on the ground. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, you know. That they're dangerous animals. They're dangerous. Oh yeah. And that's what people they're like, Oh, that stage. It's like it's even if it fucking is, yeah. It's still something that can kill you. You know? Oh SARS, man, to this day. The worst one it was not even a bite. An alligator, a nine and a half foot alligator's tail caught him in the back of his his right foot and severed his Achilles tendon. Oh like a like a bull whip, you know. He just he slung that tail and just Popped him just right, and it cut it smooth in half through a cowboy boot. Jeez. Through a cowboy boot, man. So people that don't know, we every thirty minutes we have to take a break because our camera doesn't go that long. But while we're doing that, I went ahead and grabbed uh, Mitchell Smirnoff and Demona Smirnoff. Fucker. So where, y'all drink where did that. You get these? Do don't I have some somewhere. Don't nah, worry about it. This dude had the motherfuckers <laughs> in the truck. <laughs> just enjoy the Smirnoff while I'm telling a story. <laughs> So, I honestly don't mind the taste. Iced. That's. I, I particularly love these on the golf course. I don't know if anyone's ever been iced on a podcast, but and Damon's just gonna put me to shame. Did that? There was. They were sitting on my ass cheeks. They were so Look cold. Just putting me to shame. So, mm. I'm gonna do like four gulps. That was beautiful. Anyway, <laughs> so when we left <laughs> off, hell um, yeah. So, from the gist from the first segment, <clears throat> you're, wel- you're welcome, buddy. Thank you. Uh, Damone catches gators. So me and Damone started hanging out after we got introduced. Like me and Damone became like inseparable. And uh, the first time I ever, Jesus, <laughs> love it. Uh, the first time like that I ever, it was me and you were hanging out at the pond. Like this is a pond at Gator Country that's not supposed to have alligators in it, and we're. I believe we were either fishing, like we we're about to start fishing, or we we're just going to go swimming. And Damone's like, "Damn, alligator got loose." I was like, "How big?" He's like, "Oh, it's only like nine and a half foot." And I was like, "Okay." Only oh, that nine. was a good one. I remember. That, no, that it now. was a. It was almost ten foot. It was like a good gator. And you were like, "Look, you gave me a surf rod, and you said hook him with the treble. I'm going to go in and I'm going to grab him, bring him up. You jump on top of him after I've already secured him because you were." Making sure that your boy was safe. But I, like, first try, I hooked him. And, I, like, I hooked, hooked him perfect. And Damone just dives in. This is, like, the first time I've seen it in person. Like, someone getting in the water on a 
a wild as fuck gator. I've seen y'all do it in the park and stuff like that, but I was like, this gator is just in a very open area. And I, the only thing that's holding him, I had him like, like, like the right leg with a treble hook and I'm sitting there and Damone just goes underwater and then he comes up and like grabs this gator and it starts just doing the roll. No, yeah. And he has him by the head and he's like, grab him by the tail. Like as he's pulling him up. So I jump in the back and I grab this damn thing by the tail and it's just beating the fuck out of me. Like I'm trying to keep him from hitting the back of Damon's head or whatever. Cause that's what people don't realize. Like if they would have hit Damon, he would have, it could be a bad situation. Oh, we were in the danger zone for sure. We were in the danger zone. Especially when you're in the water, you know, you're in their territory. Yeah. You know, you and know, was, that's not yours. And it was pretty deep water. Like I forgot about that one, man. That yeah, was like the first one. And then the second one was when it was me, you, and Drunk Swamp Seeker. Yes. And, and Mitchell. Were you for the... Were you for the one in the parking lot? Yes, I was. Yes, because yes, you remember there was a... There was a photo your, taken. Your ex-old yeah. lady and... uh and Callie were on their way back. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, there's an alligator in the driveway. Like a 10-foot alligator. Then, uh, has Swamp Seeker been on the podcast yet? Yes. Or he's the, been like two or three times. Oh, good. So everybody knows who he is. Yeah. So Andrew Austin, he's been this, on here multiple times. This dude pulls up, or the girls pull up, and they tell us. And that dude was so buzzed. We look up, and he's just gone. It's like Roadrunner. He's just a flash you see out the door. And I'm like, <laughs> I look at Mitch and Porter, I'm like, Oh hell no! That somebody's about to go jump on him by himself. So we we haul ass out there, and and this dude, I mean, he ain't no joke. He's eight and a half, you know, and he is. Excuse my French. He is fucking pissed, and he's on dry ground. Yes, like uh, no water. He's dry. I'm talking about prime NFL, <laughs> back. You know, whatever you call that grass, just pristine, freshly cut, and he just like Bermuda. Looks, Bermuda, yes. And he's just yoked up and he's ready. Like he's and luckily we get there in time. Uh Swamp Seeker's not jumped on him. Andrew Austin has not jumped on him yet. And I'm like, hold on, man. And he just he just and it is what it is. He's just way too small to jump on that alligator, you know. Especially drunk. And at that point in time where he was at, he was not prepared to handle something like that. And uh be honest with you, I probably wasn't there either. None of us were. But uh, I circled him, and I don't know if y'all remember, that dude spun on me four or five times, and I thought I'd finally got to where I had him, and I'd close him up, and he would, he would just shake, shake he would and shake. rip out of my hands and try to catch me. Like, he would pull away and then try to come back and grab me on my hands. And I want to know how you finish the story because I'm going to tell people the real story. Go ahead. Well, no, I'm telling the, I really don't remember the how we ended up on him, though. Do you not did, did we Did we rope him? No, no. You frontal caught this thing like four times, and, he, and you would grab him. Because you've been this size since you were like, what, 12? So <laughs> you grabbed this motherfucker by the mouth, like closed up, and he would shake out, and you'd get mad at him. Like you, like he wasn't supposed to do that. Then I started hit. I started like yeah. slapping and bitch slapping. Yeah. Well, you. That's how we caught him. You bitch slapped an, an eight and a half foot alligator, and I was like, I don't ever want to mess with you because you grabbed him and he would shake and you like he would and you would you would do a proper frontal grab underneath the jaw clinch and he would shake out of your hand and then you went you literally just said screw all that and you went like from the top you closed his mouth grabbed him and then you jumped on him and then oh, we wow. all grabbed him we all walked him but like it was so funny because he was like 
and you were pissed at that time, and you just went, nah, bro. Hand on the top of this alligator's head to the ground, grabbed him, and we all jumped on him at that point. I was like, good Lord. I'd had enough. When, I have, when I've had enough, man, you know. But it was hilarious. You the literally Hulk comes out. You bitch slapped an eight-and-a-half-foot alligator. <laughs> I'd never I seen it. I think a couple of times. I was just like, ka, ka, Yes, but... When we, you, uh, there's a picture from that night. I wish I could find it. And man. Mitchell and Mitch and Porter, I'm, I'm I'm thinking I'm the one taking the picture, and then Andrews, like, oh, Andrews like, laid out in front, in front of, of the gator. You can tell he's fucked, man. He but he's having the time of his life. Destination man. fucked. We've had a uh, a lot of good times out there catching gators and just shit, just hanging out, drinking beer and nah, shooting cooking. shit, man. Yeah, shooting skeet. Look, oh yeah, dude. And anyone that comes through Texas on Interstate 10 going between Beaumont. In Houston, depending on which way you're going, check out Gator Country. That's you, and you married into the family after all this, so we didn't even get to that. Gary Sarge's uh, yeah. daughter, yeah, you ended up. You we know, found passion. You found. Pa- yep, they <laughs> got married. They have a beautiful boy, six months of age, and, seventy-two uh, pounds, and y'all, <laughs> you hammer, son. A I mean, he, he already looks like Thor, dude. Blue eyes, long. I really wish hair. you would text Callie to bring him in here, but he's watching his dancing fruit right now. Uh, just, yeah. just uh, off. What time is it, man? Yeah, it's, he's getting around bath time. I don't know. She may, y'all may have to bring me home. You know, but uh, he he rules the house for sure. I know the feeling. Yeah, but that uh, you fell in love with the Gator's daughter, and then uh. The fun. Gator farmer's daughter. The gator farmer's daughter, and then you know, and then you married into it. Like you started out wanting to be a part of it, and then you're like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go ahead and marry into this thing." And, and now, so, so Damon's wife, uh, Callie, daughter of the owner, she helps run the business. And uh, man, Gary always has the coolest hangouts and everything. He's building a house close to us. He called me the other day, and he was like, "Man, you know any good taxidermists around here? I want to put a ten footer above my fireplace." <laughs> I was like, "Hell yeah!" But. Uh, I don't know of, of any local. I mean, I know of one guy, Ty's Taxidermy, who Mike could do it. I don't know if he ended up finding somebody. Has he that done can, a gator? I don't know if the ta- Ty's Taxidermy, if he does alligators, but uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure he does every, <laughs> everything else. If he doesn't do alligators, you know. If not, I would do. I would go with who did that uh, thirteen eight in Mark's house. Casey's house, I and guess. And I now. told Gary the name of that taxidermist. Yeah. It's Shepherd's Taxidermy out of Lano. Lano. Yeah. That guy did a damn good job. He we did. The so like what's great in the state of Texas, there's the biggest nuisance caught like gator in the state of Texas in Southeast Texas, and there's the biggest nuisance shot alligator like in the state of Texas mounted yeah. in well. It's it's now the second biggest. The the first biggest was broke this past year. That thing was fourteen foot. Yeah, retarded. That's a good one. Eating just crabs. And <clears throat> I'd have, I'll tell you about that story later. But it's giant. Fourteen like Casey. Where was that at? It was at uh, Anahuac. Anahuac. In Anahuac. Yeah, I have no doubt. Is it Anahuac the alligator capital of Texas? It is the big alligator yeah. capital of Texas. Right, uh, twenty minutes down the road. So everyone that says that, you know. We're trying to be like Louisiana. With, it's just we it, don't have to be. We don't have to be. We got a fuckload of alligators. We're our own down state, there. and uh, with Texas proud, <laughs> definitely have respect for the Louisiana crowd. But Texas proud, man. We have our yeah. own swamps, man. That range from the east part of Houston all the way to the border. 
Yeah, you, from like Brown, you. you literally have from Brownsville to Orange, Texas. Like that and is honestly, yeah, they have their own marshland, and they're fi- they're. Uh, my father-in-law has a park in uh, South Padre Island. Yeah, and it's it's partnered with a a birding sanctuary, and they're they have nuisance alligators all the way down to Corpus. And yeah, no bullshit. Well, dude, some of the biggest gators brought every year from Matagorda. I'm telling you, like, like there's always eleven, twelve foot alligator brought. It's a tropical climate; they can't, you know, no doubt. And like here in the upcoming months, I'm sure I'll be posting a bunch of content of us like cooking crawfish and you know crawfish bulls and stuff. What people don't understand is there's crawfish farms. All around us right now, there's crawfish. We have rice fields, crawfish farms. We're not trying to be like anybody. We're just it's a coastal. Um, yeah. it's, it's it's part of it. But if we coast. live if we lived in Alabama, people from Louisiana would be like, "You're trying to be like Louisiana." It's like the fuck, Alabama does the same thing. Mississippi does the same thing. Florida does the same thing. Texas does it. Like anybody on the Gulf Coast, you're the same. Louisiana is just a bigger, just no. Like, so I like calling Louisiana the asshole of the earth because, like, if you've been to Venice, Louisiana, <laughs> there is nothing there. You've been to Venice. I have. We've gone. It's Venice is like the sportsman's paradise. You can go catch tuna. You can go catch red snapper or red fish snapper. You can do all your offshore. Then you can go shoot ducks. You can go Which shoot Which he's deer. saying it's the G spot is what he's saying. It's the G <laughs> it's spot, not. but it's the asshole of the earth. There's nothing there. You have a convenient like you have a gas station for like a hundred miles yeah. there's nothing there it's like a and so then pe- people brag about it it's like bro there's 32 of you down there <laughs> like chill you out have a choice you yeah. don't have a choice so, so i think if you're not an outdoorsman and like venice is known for you know offshore fishing they have yeah. badass coastal marsh duck hunting like porter said but like if you're not an outdoorsman you go to venice to go like offshore platform work and shit like that that's really yeah. it though yeah. man there ain't shit out there oh, i have a cousin that flies out of there that gives the rigs every 14 man i yeah. mean that's what he does you know and it, that's because you're literally right there you're like it's it's so close to the continental shelf you can just but as far as uh, you know people talking about us trying to be like louisiana we're not dude we were raised doing this on this side of the the state line you know yeah. what i mean well, I we, have, we have the same stuff that they do. We're not trying to be like them. We just do it our own way. You know. Well, we share the same. We literally share the same bayous. Like Taylor's Bayou yeah. and all that shit is the, the Sabine same. River. We share it. You know. And I drive. That's that's, that's uh, the line. Toledo Ben. Forty five minutes. Forty minutes. Thirty five. Forty minutes in that range to the east. I'm in Louisiana. We're right there. You, what know? you mean we're gambling? We're putting it all on black, baby. Yeah. I in know. thirty minutes, I'm throwing it all on black. My my grandparents, my grandma and my grandpa on my mom's side were separated, you know, a long time ago. And my grandma lived on Hemp Hill, the Texas side of Toledo Bend, and my grandpa lived in Pirate, Pirates Cove on the Louisiana side. That's right so there. I, I got the best of both worlds, crappie fishing with him and then bass fishing with her. Growing up, it was the highlights of my life before catching alligators and bad guys and all that other good stuff. So that, And that's what we're going to go into next, so... Because I kind of want to skip the whole, I never like talking about anything that relates to anything that I do for work, like refinery, plant life, all that shit. I do it. I live it. I don't want to talk about it. That shit fucking sucks. We skip your little, you had multiple years of where you busted your ass to make shit money. And now, you, you started actually working at the correctional facility. In Jefferson County, I did. Get the mini is it mini? What is it called? No, it's a it's a prison, huh? 
I thought no, it was it's called Many Whatever. It, it is the county jail. It's right the next to that jail. place you're talking about. Uh, Many Rogers or whatever. Uh, my official hire date was June 6th of 2016 with the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office. And I was hired into the correctional division when I was hired. And what age were you at? at I this was time? 24. 24. Uh, when I started my career. Same size. So uh, roughly the same size. I got a few more pounds on me now. A little bit more muscle tone, but uh, I come from a background of law enforcement. Uh, my dad worked in the Orange County Sheriff's Office. Uh, my great uncle, uh, God rest his soul, Khalees Blanchard, uh, was a longtime employee of the Sheriff's Office I work for now. Uh, he finished his career with the Jefferson County District Attorney's Office. Uh, before retiring and moving to Dallas with it, uh, to be closer to his daughter and stuff. And hard in there at 24. Uh, didn't take me long, man. I kind of moved up the ladder without being rank. Uh, I did my job. I did it well. A large person uh, could handle situations better than other people by command presence, things like that. We're going to go into some of those, but keep finishing what you're saying. Oh, just uh, – Work the dorms with uh, our population there. I'm still employed with the sheriff's office, but I'm on law enforcement side now. But our population in the jail normally carried about twelve to fourteen hundred inmates, and uh, at any given time. And uh, where you were, and like, let me be like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was yeah. like, like the second or third like big deal for like prison in Texas, right? And all of them are in Southeast Texas because there's that one off Westport off the road, the federal prison. Uh, like that's we, like we, the big one. We have one. a lot in this county. So there's three uh, state prisons right there, which you're talking about on 3514, not far from Enterprise. Yeah. That one's the state prison. So, yeah, you have a Styles unit, which uh, most of that is what they call shoe or maximum security. That's for your bad, bad guys. And then you have the LeBlanc unit, which is. Uh, just your moderate criminals, you know, burglaries and things like that. And then uh, the, you have the GIS unit, which is mainly your drug, uh, your drug people, you know, control substance possession, drug addicts, things like that, doing time for narcotics and that sort of thing. And what did you, which one did you work? See, I worked in county jail. I didn't work in prison. Uh, oh. I mean, right down the road you had the United States Penitentiary, which is federal prison. And that uh, was in off of that was off Knopf, off of Westport off the Westport road. Westport off the That's the but, one I was talking about. Like, like we have like some for real, for real fucking shit. Oh yeah, that's the Fizz there, and they have everything up to shoe. They have the camp, which is not guarded. You know, those inmates can go have a job, and then go back and report there at night, and you know they can't live with their family, and they call that the camp. Uh, All the way to yeah, so that's where you know uh, people that shoot whooping cranes and things like that will be left unnamed. <laughs> But that's where they go and do prison time. Uh, and then you have your hardened criminals, murderers, shit like that. And they, they go to the, the pen back there in the back where that you see all those towers. Yeah. Tall fences and single cells and, you know, barely see the light of day type thing. I worked in county jail, so all the guys that we dealt with <coughs> are your people before they get found guilty. You know what I'm saying? So, basically, you're still you're, you're being some... You're being accused, but... You uh, also they, that's where you go first before before your, your trial, sentence before too. your trial is over. I got you. You know what I mean. And that's honestly, and we have the same thing from dorms with you know fifty some odd people in it to 
where I worked in the back, uh, single cells. And you said 1,200 people, though, at a time. Yeah, so. And, but what people, like, take this. Like, this is before they do their, they could be anywhere from didn't pay speeding tickets to killed 13 yeah, white people. white-collar crimes, man, for to not paying child support to. Killing 30 people. Oh, like they, They'll be in your cell. So, like, you're dealing with everybody. You Any type there. of criminal you can think of. You got them. Now, I, you always hear all these stories about, you know, correctional officers working in the jails and everything. Do you ever, uh, you know, get into any altercations with any with any inmates, anything like that? My third month employed with the county jail, I broke uh, broke my left hand. Please elaborate. Yeah, elaborate. Because I, I know the story because you <laughs> called me right after because we're yeah, on the same shift. I was on my way to the hospital probably. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, I came off training. You have six weeks training as a correctional officer where you're with an FTO and you learn to do things from working the dorms to max, whatever. Learn how to count inmates because every every shift, they have to do a count of the facility to make sure no one's one has not escaped. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, this happens at the beginning and, and the end of every eight-hour shift. Uh, everybody racks up, what they call it, and then you count your inmates. So I worked the regular dorms for a couple of months after I came off training. I freaking hated it. It's so boring. <clears throat> you just, I mean, literally in law enforcement, I respect, I respect the fact that I worked there first before I went to the, you know, wearing a badge, being a street cop thing. For the fact of, for two years, I walked in there and slammed a door behind me that dead bolted with a guy, you know, a half a mile away from me, unlocking the door by button, and that's the only way to get in there. You know what I mean? And being locked in there with those 54 inmates for eight to a 16-hour shift if you had to work a double, to be locked in there with those animals. And not not calling them animals, you know. I mean, you're innocent until you're proven guilty, but. And crazy some, mother, some do, crazy do you, motherfuckers really, in there. Do you really think they're there for no reason? Right. They may be innocent for that one, but, I mean, you know. And everybody can feel how they want to about me saying that but oh though they and i'm gonna i'm gonna back you up like after all this there's one story that i'm gonna bring up that oh, be like, yeah so <laughs> I, I did the regular dorm working thing and then they either put me in maximum security after you know i was a seasoned officer and uh they put me in maximum security or they put me in booking <laughs> basically i had to deal with shit either way just either it was salted or unsalted type thing when it was fed to me I could be back there with those animals. And uh, you, I don't care what everybody says. Back there in the back, they they, they were animals for sure. Uh, I dealt with anything from child rapists, uh, murderers, rapists, aggravated robbers, whatever you can think of. Some of them ment- mentally ill. Uh, this, I had to deal with them for 8 to 16 hours a day. Uh Working book in wasn't far off. If somebody would come in not intoxicated, it was fine. But 50% of the people bring, coming into county jail, they're coming to jail because they are that way and because they're, they're not in their right mind. And yeah. whether it be PCP or cocaine or heroin or alcohol is a, is a big one. Uh, guys coming in for DWI or PI, 
just drunk out of their mind. Aggressive. I ain't done anything to them, but I'm here to intake them, you know. And you're doing a job, man. For for twelve months, dude, I, I fought for a living. That's what I did. Literally, eight to sixteen hours a day, uh, multiple fights a day. That's what I did. Because there was multiple times. So we, so Damon, where I work still to this day, was literally next door to Damon. So yep. I would know, like, I would see police cars going by and, like, bringing people in or whatever, and I would, like, call Damon later on in the night because I knew his schedule. So I'd be like, Damon, you got someone in? He's like, yeah, nah, you know, this guy wasn't that bad or this guy was, like, this dude was <coughs> fucked or this, like, whatever. Like, there was one time I remember you telling me he's, like, they had missed a pat down. I get, like, that happens. Like, a guy pulled a knife on you while you were, like, yeah, in the changeout room. In the changeout room, a dude pulled a knife out. Well, he started. On you. Uh, he started fighting me or whatever, and uh, just you know, grew up with friends boxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, things like that, and just learned how to take care of myself or whatever. Especially going into that line of work, and I used to train on a regular basis, and so the dude squared up with me, and you know, he's 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 fucked out of his mind. I'm not sure if he was on drugs or whatever. But he throws a crazy punch at me, so I grab his arm, you know, and I chicken wing him and put him up against the wall, and I grab him by the front of his ankle, and I scoop him, and I put him down on his face. And when I do, this fucking butcher knife comes out of the, his pants leg and slides across <laughs> the floor. And, you know, I can't even get to my radio because I'm holding this dude down, so I just start hollering for my lieutenant, you know. I'm like, hey! So she comes in there. What's the matter? And she looks down and sees that, you know, fucking Michael Myers. <laughs> and she pulls her taser out. She's like, you okay? I was like, I'm fine. I just get some other guys in here with me and let's get this dude in restraints and, you know, get him chill. He's he's freaking out. And uh, Lieutenant, I'll leave her unnamed, but she was one of my best supervisors back there. And she's kind of come under some scrutiny for excessive force and things like that. And I... She's a she's an older black lady, but she handles her shit, and she she took care of her. Like you officers, gotta handle your shit you know if I mean? you're working in that. Well, that's situation. where I and uh, she she cussed that Port Arthur PD cop up and down that she let him in the facility with a fucking deadly weapon. You know what I mean? That dude could have, you know, if I if I wouldn't have been me or if I could have been anybody else, he could have turned around and gutted me. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, a butcher's and, knife. Oh, I'm talking like, you know, hey, no, out of, out of a block, cleaver. You know, like that big and. When I put that dude down and it slid out, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. It just got real. You know what I mean? I mean, it's always real, but. I just remember you were, you know, I remember you telling me that, like, because we were at a younger age at that time and you're like. Oh, man. You're, we, that conversation we had was seven years ago. Yeah, seven, seven years ago. Like I mean, like, you're like, you're like, yeah, you know, you're, you just started this job and you're like, I have the coolest boss. She's in, like a old school black lady that like gets shit done, oh, you know, man. like fucking strict. And I was like, hell yeah, like you're on it. But like between that and like, but everybody always picked on you. I remember you telling me about that. Like anybody that was bigger than you would or smaller would be like, that's the biggest guy in this motherfucker. I'm picking on him. Yeah. So they would always center you out. So you had to be on your guard. Uh, I was like going to the beer joints and stuff when I was younger. I I don't even go anymore, man, because I'm 6'6". I, I weigh 275 pounds walking around like daily. And there's just always somebody that sits over there and he's, you know, I'm not talking about short people, but, you know, 5'2 or something, look over there. You think you're fucking bad? I'm like, 
sitting there drinking beer, business <laughs> with my homeboys. Yeah, you know? I'm like, I look over, I'm like, I'm sorry. What would you say? You think you're fucking bad because you're so big? I'm like, motherfucker, I'm literally not talking to you. You know what I mean? And just, I don't even. <laughs> There's people that and, go out to the to they look the for bars trouble. You know they, what I mean? They go to fight and talk yeah. shit. You know, people like to do that. But I'm you're not, literally the one. last person they should. They don't know that, but. You're yeah, literally but, but I'm trained. Not, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not that guy, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, but and I and I try to. You're yeah. trained to contain people. Yes, like you can t- contain a a drunk small person <laughs> with ease. Yeah, uh, that's what I. Unless he's like fucking George Saint Pierre. Unless know, he, he may he may get you know whoop my ass or something. Unless he's like you know? Daniel Armator, like yeah, <laughs> some shit like that. You know, but <laughs> I'm like, not. You know, I'm not looking for it. It's like. Do I go out and tell everybody what I do for a living on a daily basis? Like, what do you do? I'm like, ah, you know, I just, you know, some people that do this job do it for the wrong reasons. I do it because, you know, it it provides for my family. You know, it provides insurance for us, you know, and I have a good retirement, things like that. So how long did you do in the jail, in the county jail? Man, I did it just (laughs) in that hell. And like like I said, again, I'll praise correctional officers to this day for what they have to do. But I, at first, you know, I was like, man, I could do this for a living. And then a year into it, I already broke my hand and like literally fighting for a living. I'm like, dude, there's no way my mental health can, can deal with having to do this for 30 some odd years. I yeah. said, there's no way. And I told her, uh, my wife, I said, I said, I think I'm going to go to the Academy and do this. And I, I got to get out of here. I got to, I can't be locked in the cage with these people every day because I'm slowly just dying. You know, my just my personality and shit. It, it, you change. You know what I mean? Uh, well, just literally fucking fighting every single day. If not fighting, what people don't get. Look out, Don. That was coming. They that the was. Podcast. I was making sure that it was very good on time. You were, uh, y'all, what they don't get is like you, you have to go and clean up whatever they do. Like, whatever happens, like, there's not, like, a janitor service. Like, so I remember this one dude you told me about. I'll leave his name out. I know exactly who you're talking about. Don't even. He's actually back, too. (laughs) Oh, is he? (laughs) So there was a dude that would, like, they would have to clean his cell before he ate his own shit. He would shit. He'd feed on it. No, he would put his own turds on the wall. Yeah, it's like a duck. (laughs) And he he would put his own poop on the wall, and he would eat it. Like he would save it for dessert, but or he would use it as hair gel. So this dude would <laughs> until we shaved his head. Damon, I remember that. Yeah. I used to talk to Damon almost nightly because I'd be like just figuring out what he had done. He's like, we had to shave this dude's head. We just we, I mean, we had enough at that point. Yeah. You know, we we got with our supervisors. I'm like, he'd poop in his hands not, and rub I'm, it through his I'm hair. Not, you know, I'm not hosing this guy. Obviously, anymore. that guy was yeah. probably mentally unstable. I would assume, huh? or he was that, just uh, he had just he he had smoked so much. Uh, crack, synthetic, and everything. You know, it just fucking fries your brain cells. And he he wasn't always like that, but just over time, just whatever little high they can get, you know, that's what they go do. I tell you what, man, if we have any younger viewers, that just goes to show what drugs can do to you, man. Don't. Uh, I mean, they go to doing drugs, you you end up shitting on yourself and wiping it all up. I mean, you throw your life away, man. And that's, I mean, Hunt and fish and do what we do. You know what I mean? That's what you need to do. All right, kid. So basically, long story short, don't do drugs. Um, Indeed. Yeah, drugs lead to, you know, 
you rubbing poop in your hair or, you know, <laughs> throwing it at correctional officers like Damone. And then you don't it's not wanna, advised. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Bad day. So Damone, you did the correctional officer for a few years. Yes, sir. And then you you graduated, basically. You graduated. Yeah, the uh, the sheriff's office actually sponsored me uh to go through the academy. They let me still work in the jail full time and go to night school. And it took me uh nine months to complete the uh, complete the academy and become a licensed peace officer in the state of Texas. And whenever that happened in uh twenty eighteen, uh they picked up my commission and moved me to law enforcement side where I first worked as a bailiff in the courthouse, which is actually uh very interesting. It's something most uh Sheriff deputies do it towards the end of their career. You know, they work in the courtroom. and uh, But to be in there for several months and, and watch trials go on, murder trials, things like that, it's very interesting to watch and be a part of that. And, uh, you know, it gets a little hairy sometimes, you know. Sometimes people don't want to hear that they're about to spend 99 years in prison, you know, and they have outbursts and, you know, you have like, to, shit like and that. And that's where you're coming. Yeah, play. the bailiffs, you know, we have to come in. This ain't no judge duty shit like you. Nah, this ain't bullshit like that. You know, this is real talk. Uh, I mean, you know, the the person of interest at the time can't be in restraints because the, the jury will feel, you know, biased seeing them restrained. So whenever the jury sees them, they're not in restraints or anything like that. They're just, you know. You a normal them, person. A normal person in a suit or whatever. But they're still incarcerated, you know, but we're there. But during the trial, you know, they're not restrained or anything like that. Sometimes, uh, like bad trials, uh, one guy, he's actually came back appealing his uh, his conviction. They We have what you call a Nova belt, which we put on them underneath their clothes. And it goes skin to skin and has metal prods on it, pretty much like a cattle prod, if you know what a cattle prod is. But the leather belt goes around and it has a hasp on it and you put a fucking little padlock and everything and they know like, hey, if you fucking get out of line, <laughs> we're tasing the fuck out of you. And they there's nothing they can do. Yeah. And, the, you know, that's mainly a deterrent. It hardly ever have to be used. But when somebody hears that they're, you know, going to be put to death, you know, sometimes they have, you know, freak outs or whatever. But I did that for a couple of months and then they pulled me over to patrol and then... uh I was a patrolman for a couple of years with the sheriff's office, and I worked, uh, you know, I just worked as a B cop, working my districts. Uh, the Did Jefferson County is cut into three districts, and we normally work two per district. And, you know, sometimes you get in some shit, and just knowing that your nearest backup is, can be 15 to 20 minutes away because Jefferson County is 1,000 square miles, you know. It's big. It's not like working at Beaumont PD where, you know, you have a unit two blocks away from you that can be there within a couple of seconds. It doesn't work that way here. If you're, you know, somebody's on vacation or something, sometimes you'll have, you know, four or five people working and somebody's coming from 50 miles away. It's like, so if you're fighting somebody, it's like, I, hey, I'll be there in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, let me let me deter this person. And we've had a person on here before, Ryan Warhola, Captain Ryan Warhola, that – guides fishing trips and used to be in the police department y'all can go back and check out we've had multiple podcasts with him he talks about a situation where he tackled that or he yeah was, so uh ron 
worked in narcotics uh, yes. for Jeff, the sheriff's office I worked for. And then he finished, uh, I'm not saying finished his law enforcement career, but his where he ended his, it paused his law enforcement career rather is Chambers County, the neighboring County, you know, over there. And, uh, but I actually watched the podcast yesterday with y'all and him and he, uh, he talked about a suspect that they got in a pursuit with. And this dude stole a Dodge Hillcat from the Houston Galleria. And they chased him. Multiple agencies chased him and, uh, coming down interstate 10 and he took the 73 exit and was traveling eastbound. And, uh, Ryan Warhol and a couple other guys were, uh, this fucking dumbass ran out of gas. But obviously, I mean, he was traveling 150, 160 miles an hour for that 70, 80 mile stretch. I, I assumed he just either didn't have much gas or he was drinking gas that much. But that's when he ran out, that's definitely a record, probably a, a state world record or whatever for the fastest trip ever made from Houston to. <laughs> no, for sure. Like, no doubt. Mo, you know, most helicopters, like, a, like the 407 that the Jefferson uh, County Sheriff's Office that we have, you know, it, it tops out at 120. Like, like that's the fastest that that helicopter will fly in one direction. And, uh, he was late. The Hellcat was leaving it. Yeah. And just be gone. You know, he's he's doing 150, you know, 140, 150 miles an hour, just pulling away from helicopters. But there were so many people chasing him. It's like, okay, I can still kind of see his spec. You know, he's hauling ass. And luckily there were just so many units staggered down the interstate that they knew like, when he took the exit and Warhola and a couple other, uh, I guess, narc units is what that was. And that dude started running out of gas and he bailed out. And that's when Warhola Ryan fucking him. Goldberg speared that some bitch. <laughs> Erlacher. Yeah, that's he, what... Brian Erlacher, that motherfucker in the middle of a pasture, just riding a pile of cow shit. I would have. <laughs> but the funny thing is, I had, uh, he was my dude back in Max. Like he was one of my inmates on the, the 48. Single cell blocks that oh, I took the, care the of. Oh, the driver of the yes, Hellcat? and what they, happened they, to that the dude? inmates called him Hellcat or whatever. And I never forget. I was bringing him back there, and the way it works is, you know, they get booked in or whatever. Well, they put him in maximum security. I don't know why he was a smaller Hispanic guy, and I don't know why he stole the car. But he come back there and he's just talking like, yeah, yeah, the cops chased me so far, and then. I'm walking him down what we call the run in front of all these single cells. And they have TVs in there that's boxed in in the fucking chicken coop, basically, so they can't bust it out or rip the wires out of it or whatever. And when they go to the day room, they can watch the news. So they, like, you know. they already seen this dude. They watch that guy, you know. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm the guy, you know. I'm like, yeah, you're the guy that ran out of fucking gas, you moron. Like, you're really going to run from the cops and run out of gas. I'm like, you're the stupidest son of a bitch that I've ever seen in my life. And they still called him Hellcat for, you know, I think he was still there when I left. He still hadn't went to trial yet because I think he assaulted somebody when he stole the car. And, you know, he was waiting to do all kind of different shit. And, you know, he's a career criminal or whatever. But that's so Ryan Warhola fucking speared him. Oh, uh, yeah. He put him down, son. That, that's I love that. That that. One of our Dude, the aerial footage from the helicopter was. That's fantastic. the one that I know. That's the only one I've seen. Ryan sent me that link. <laughs> the dude, like, you just tell most public hunters that have, you know, carried decoys and shit through shindy mud. <laughs> that dude had just had enough of running through that shit. Yeah, fucking marsh. And man. as soon as he turned around, just Warhola just 
put smack him down. them. That marsh will make a man out of you, man. It will. Oh, yeah. And that's what... Like, builds character. Builds character more yeah, than anything. Warhola had plenty of character built where he was like, oh, this dude ain't getting away. <laughs> He's like, nah. And I love, I love that our, like, we have podcasts that intertwine with, or intertwine with each other that you had Warhola who did this. And then after the dude goes to prison, that's where you're, no, yeah. that's where you come <laughs> into play. Damone was waiting on him. Damone, which is even worse. <laughs> like, it's like, I, yeah, because Warhola's not a big dude. Yeah. Like, I'm going to give him props on everything that he's done, you know, but like then you go from Warhola to you. It's like, I'd be, if I was that dude, that little Mexican dude, I'd be like, fuck. But no, but I probably wouldn't have Ryan's stamina though, running through, you know, I'm carrying 275, you know, through the fucking marsh and pastures and shit in the mud. And he's carrying 165. Oh, yeah. Just hopping like a nutrient. I mean, you, know, you know, duck hunts and everything else. Like, and I've just, I've been there too with that adrenaline dump, like, nah. You know, I've been in multiple pursuits and through the, you know, port edition of Beaumont, had a dude run from me. And it just, when you get that mindset, nah, bitch, you ain't getting away from me today, bud. I dude. don't care who you are. You can be uh, Usain Bolt. You're not running from me. You know? So one time I called Damon and I was, I was heading to work. I was going on the nights and Delaney called me, my wife, and she goes, hey, and what's hilarious. So, a guy broke out of uh, the TDC. Yeah, where you used to work. Delaney almost oh, hit it. The county. Yeah. The county. This Delaney's driving down 69, and the speed limit's what, 70? Yeah, 70, 75. 75, 75. She's driving, and Delaney rips on the brake because she sees a dude running across the highway with, like, she clearly saw this dude. She almost killed this dude. He's running across the street with handcuffs, and he's. Hopping across. So, and Delaney calls me. As, like, as soon as all that kind of, he jumps the median and is running down 69. Delaney calls me and goes, hey, I don't know if you need to call Damone, but uh, there's a guy that just ran by me from the uh, from the jail. That's what she said. The jail with handcuffs yeah. on. So, I called Damone. And what's great is Damone answers me, and, and I just hear... <laughs> He's like, what's up, dude? I'm like, hey, I'm just letting you know, Delaney said some guys run, running away from the prison with handcuffs. And he goes, yeah, I'm chasing them right now. He's like, I'll call you back. Like, hangs up. Damone is chasing this dude down 69 as I'm calling him, and he answered me. And then hangs up the phone and goes and tackles this dude and calls me back like six hours later. Damone's like, yeah, man, sorry about that. I'm like, what you're doing your job, you're sorry that you're doing your job. He's like, Yeah, that guy. He he jumped four lanes of traffic, tried so, to get away. Believe it or not, this son of a bitch had the same name as another inmate. But like the senior or junior was off or whatever. They literally had the first, middle, and same last name. Like all three names. Different birthdays. So they called a dude up to release him. And they didn't just, you know, go line to line. And they released the wrong motherfucker. <laughs> so the porter called me. The sergeant comes up and like, Bailey, come with me now. I'm like, what's going on? They're like, and this dude is running down the driveway of the jail. So he knows. He's like, he knew, what, he, he knew that they fucked up. He's like, damn, them motherfuckers wasn't supposed to let me out. And so he's <laughs> elbows the asshole, son. 
So we pull out in the fucking jail van. He looks, and my sergeant's like, there he is. I'm like, go. So he, and by that time, I'd bail out, and I'm like, stop. And he's fucking running. And fucking Porter calls me, and I do answer the phone. I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to call you right back. This motherfucker's running from me. He's like, oh, that's what I was calling to tell you. I was like, oh, I'll get back with you. And uh, <laughs> it didn't end up good for him. That was so, like that. Delaney. I was like, I was like, Delaney, you could have helped, you know, you would have helped them out if you would have just gone ahead and, you know, not killed the guy, but if you would have stopped him, yeah, you know, just, just gave him a little bumper kiss. Just give him a bumper kiss, but Delaney like slammed on her brakes in the middle of 69 and goes, There's a guy in orange <laughs> running across the highway. And I called, I called Damon, and Damon's literally in mid stroke running after this dude answers me, which I was like, This is probably not legal, but that's hilarious. So like Damon hangs up the phone with me, and I called Delaney back. I said, "Don't worry, Damon's on, the, Damon's on the job." Yeah, because like, that was when Delaney was still in like college, so she was like heading home from like Lamar or something. Like it was one of those situations. But I was, it was so funny that I called you and you literally answer and go, "Yeah, I'm on his ass right now." Like it's just crazy. I mean, it happens more than people know. It just, just freak things, you know. But. That was one of, like, the funniest. Like, I was like, there's no way I would have. Like, me personally, I wouldn't have answered you. And you answered me. And it was I'm like. fucking homeboy, you know? I yeah, mean, I know. You never know when something's going to be, you know, something's going to be wrong. You know? Yeah, but it was so. I was calling to tell you about an escaped inmate, and you're about to yeah. attack. You're literally probably 10 steps behind him. Like, I'm about to have him. That's some good times, man. Good times on patrol. I'm basically kind of still on patrol now, but. Well, I've, I've been transferred to livestock division. That's what I wanted to get into next. So yeah, you've graduated. You've graduated from dealing with humans to dealing with cows, basically. Yeah. Cattle and ranchers occasionally have to deal with like. If they some, have no other animal control in the unincorporated cities of the counties, and you know, in the state, so uh, some shit, you know, dog attacks, stuff like that. Well, yeah, to deal our, with, our friend here recently. Mainly, uh, mainly livestock, uh, horses, cows. Georgie got his ear ripped off here a while back, and you were kind of part of that. That was y'all's friend. I didn't know that. Man. Well, we went to school with the well, we with the school. young man, good guy. Uh, R.I.P. Your ear. Yeah, I don't know what happened with that. That is the most gruesome thing uh, since I've been in livestock. Which, obviously, you know, being a patrolman, I've seen crashes, you know, deaths things like that that are just horrible. But as far as, you know, him being okay, the most gruesome thing that I've ever seen. Uh, for those of y'all don't know what we're talking about, this this guy who's friends of Porter and Mitch uh, got between his dog and another dog in the middle of a, a dog fight. And this pit bull just annihilated, just grabbed a hold of his left ear. Is it his left ear? I think it was. And – extracted it from his head and there's literally nothing like you can see into his brain and i walked up and me and my partner walked up in there and we're like man uh so tell us what's going on man my dogs are fighting dead or done so he's got a towel on the side they of were his both head. his dogs one was his uh mom's dog and then his dog was the pit was right, one so his dog ripped his own ear him. and it didn't mean to bite him you know what i mean it's just one of those freak accidents he didn't want his dog to hurt his mom's little dog yeah so and he, you know, at, at this time, and we didn't know there, there was a helicopter about, about to land. We're like, why the fuck do we have med air, you know, about to land? And <laughs> he's got the towel up against his head. And my partner looks at him. He's like, 
He said, man, well, you, you, you seem like you're okay. Let me, let me see what we're working with. And I don't know. Can I show the camera the, this picture of this area? Yeah, you're fine. That's your call, man. Like, yeah, no, it, it's, oh. if you're allowed to, we're more than allowed to show the photo. Dude, he pulled this, he pulled this towel back away from his head and I see this and I'm like, oh, fucking <laughs> shit, dude. It is like. Viewer discretion is advised. Viewer discretion advised. Look, if you're but y'all look at that, man. Look at look at Georgie's ear, bro. Oh that is gnarly. They got him. They can't see his face, but just man. I don't know if you can see that. Look at that wound there, man. Yeah, that dog got his ear pretty good on that one. It was at that moment I realized that's why they were landing a chopper. (laughs) Because you can see you can see his spinal cord. Absolutely. And, uh, um, they they still had uh, the they I think they were gonna try to put part of his ear back on. So the, so what I got from that story was so Georgie, he he has my wife on Snapchat, but he sends out like to like on a story he puts like you know he said just got him some shit, whatever, like and he literally is like he took it like a champ though I will give him that I will yes he goes just lost my ear like on Snapchat story and it's like what. And then the next photo is him, like, holding his ear by his head like this. <laughs> and then, like, it goes on, like, a, a day or so, and he's like, I got it back on. They sewed his ear back on. Oh, nice. Very good. Oh, but wait. There's more. There's more. <laughs> they sewed his ear back on. He said, yeah, bro, I'm back in business. His ear didn't attach back. It rotted off. Oh, his ear no. turned solid black. Delaney's shown me these Snapchats in like a week span. His ear rots off, and he just put RIP, buddy. We've heard a lot of shit together. <laughs> his ear fell off, so it, his head looks like that now. Just healed nope. up. It's healed up, but he has no ear now. Nah, man. Bill's that's, character. That's character. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's a story right that's there. That's a story, and that's character. For hey, sure. Hey, when when you go when a girl comes up to you, she ain't checking out your ears anyway, so it don't make a yeah. shit, man. I mean, but who really gives a shit about an ear, you know? No, nah. but that's so, like, Delaney was like, do you see Georgie's Snapchat? I was like, I don't have Georgie on Snapchat. She's like, he lost his ear. I was like, what? That was like, that was, that was fucking intense. You know? And I I called Damone right off the rip, and I was like, Damone, you're about this. He's like, I was on the scene. I was like, oof. I was like, how bad was it? He's like, bro. That was the gnarliest shit I've seen. And I It was I, fucking intense, man. And I know we can't go into other shit, but you were like the guy in at the courthouse showed you some more detailed shit. Yeah. Way worse. Like dog he got Damone's like, This is the worst thing I've seen, and this dude at the courthouse goes, Nah, bro, you ain't seen nothing with dog attacks. And yeah, that shit can get can get bad. I would assume you hear oh. all these stories of dog attacks and no. I mean, I, I can you know we're not. I don't have any pictures of that or anything. But dude, like this nasty fella in the city of Beaumont. Uh, you know, we go into another crime of uh, bestiality and shit like that, and everybody's oh my god, I don't want to hear that. But that shit happens on a daily basis. And this dude had this little dog and. Chihuahua. Yeah, I guess uh, he wasn't all that popular with the ladies or whatever. And so he mm-hmm. takes peanut butter and he smears it all over his shit. All over you know? his crotch. Yes. And, uh, well, on the top of that, he fucking pounds a fucking hot reel H in his veins. So he just goes into la-la land, passes out, wakes up, and his shit's gone. Yeah, like the dog, dog. ate his shaft and all scrotum all just of clean it off. Yes, sir. 
You know, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a meaty, bloody smear or whatever. And, oh uh, my god, Damon called so me. Told called, <laughs> I looked at this shit in the, in the book. I was like, I was talking with, uh, you know, Beaumont Animal Control. We have to deal with those people sometimes. Man. And uh, I'm not gonna say any names, or whatever. But I tell him about this ear thing, and he's like, "Oh man, that ain't shit, dude. You want to <laughs> see my book?" And I was like, "Your book?" He's like, "Yeah, we have a book of uh, dangerous dogs." I was like. Like dog attacks? He's like, well, the worst one I have is really not a dog attack. I mean, he really kind of did it to himself. Self-induced, like, extra like, crunchy jiff. <laughs> Dude, he opened that book, and I turned, I looked at him. I'm like, what in these shit? He's like, oh, yeah, man. He's like, dude, heroin addicts or whatever. And that's you another know? good example of. of do not. Do, the drugs aren't worth the drugs, it, guys. Man, I mean, they you are not lose worth your it. shafts, you wrote them. Don't do hard drugs. I mean, people look, get, they don't dog, do hard drugs. Dog you can smoke shit off without you even look, know it. You most know states, mean? most states, it's legal to smoke weed. You can smoke weed. You're fine. You're not going to let a dog eat your dick off. But I wasn't going to go there. But he, he yeah, it's a Chihuahua at that. You wouldn't think you'd be capable of oh, yeah. <laughs> taking the whole thing off. You Just know? eat, dude. I called Demonos, and the dude about, kept the dog. Oh, that dog would have been uh, put down. I would have been eating him like some fucking. He is a he is a eunuch for the rest of his life. God, dude, dude, have you ever heard that on a podcast? I mean, what a do you do at that point if you're that dude? You know, say he, the, no. He, he when he came to, you know, obviously he didn't feel right, and well, no shit. Looked, so he called nine one one, and then that's the story he told the paramedics. So they're like, uh, "We need to call cops." So you know, the police department got there. They're like. We need to call animal control. And the little dog's just sitting there at the corner, you know, bloody and peanut butter. Full buttery belly, chef. <laughs> Full belly. But, you know, that yeah. guy, man, say one day he gets clean, you know, he's no longer doing drugs. You know, what does he do with his life now that he is just bare crying? He, he may be able to go on podcasts like this, you know, and talk Dude, about his experience. I kind of want to ask him, be like, so, sir, look, I don't want to know about your heroin addiction, but how's it feel not having a shaft? Getting eaten off by Chihuahua. I mean, that's a story for sure. Uh, oh my god, that could be enough. Like, we should do fifteen minute podcasts where we just have people. He should write a book. That should. dude should write yeah. a book, and it'd be a short story. I'm but. sure uh, Jeff Peanut Butter would probably sponsor him. <laughs> You're so good, your dog will eat it. But, <laughs> so good, your dog will eat it. Oh my god, dude that that was the most recent. Like y'all, so, y'all cannot believe me or, or whatever. That is a true story. No names will be named. No pictures will be shown. But God, that, that happened to a person. I just want everybody to know that. God, I want, you think that it's like just something they make bullshit TV shows, movies out of. But no, that that really happened. Yeah, shit happens in the world, man. That people, it's unimaginable what what shit actually goes on. And like you know? people like me and Mitchell, we don't ever we don't deal with that. We'll never deal with that kind of yeah, thing. Just, and like you. Have witnessed some gruesome, and I respect you. That's why we're super like pro law enforcement, military, like back the blue, like everything. Because everybody, y'all, we back everybody. Yeah, everybody, school teachers, whatever. Y'all deal with any type of public servant. Your military, your law enforcement, your teachers, your uh, hospital medical staff, and stuff like that. Y'all deal Man, with you shit. Don't, they, people don't realize what these people go through. And I'm not just talking about cops or military. I'm talking about educators nowadays in schools. 
uh, doctors and nurses in the hospitals and stuff like that, you don't realize what they have to deal with on a daily basis. We the, don't. The drug pandemic and everything else that they have to deal with, mental health pandemic, you know, uh, what it does to people's home life, people who are in this profession, you know, what, you know, what they bring home, what they have to deal with throughout the day and not telling, you know, you're wondering why their loved ones are like, why are you, you know, being so quiet this evening? Well, you don't know what they went through. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, I just watched the guy you know, you know, get bit you know, off by a chihuahua. You yeah, know? for sure. And just, and they don't want to talk about it, you know. And I just want to tell everybody that is, you know, if they just want to, just want to sit there, you know, just be there for them. You know what I mean? Yep, that's all they can do is so, a, just support them and be there for them. Yeah, the shit they see, you know. Your troopers working yeah. daily crashes, like daily fatalities on oh, a regular I mean, basis. You see, I mean, on the way to fucking yeah. Houston earlier, I saw a car that had uh, caught fire. Yeah, on, on the way to Houston, there was fire trucks, ambulances. I mean, them them people see, you know, just gnarly shit probably on a daily basis. People yeah. burnt to death, or you know, pulling people out of cars and shit like that. I mean, well, y'all saw the the one last week, the 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 racing incident. Coming from Houston towards there, and it happened right there in Winnie. You saw that? I didn't. I didn't. See it, was that. Four, it was four or five cars, and they were racing each other, doing one forty plus. Well, one of them lost control, and everybody's you know sharing it or whatever. And the dude rolled his car three times for what, man? For yeah. what thrill? You know? Yeah. Is he alive? No. Oh, well, there you go. So yeah. don't drive fast, also. Look, the Bay Dragons, don't do heroin and don't drive fast, please. Don't do that. So, but, Damone, um, we could literally, like we said, we could do this shit for hours. We can, and we're going to have you back on. We're definitely having Damone back on. For we're having Damone. Now. We're going to have Damone part two. And I just wanted to basically get a background with Damone like kind of his upbringing and then we're going to next time we have him on, it's going to be, you know, pulling some stories from each different part of his life. That, oh yeah. You know, we didn't even get in the SWAT stuff, man. Yeah. We haven't even gotten the SWAT shit. People that are watching it live. He's all beat up from that shit right oh, now. Man. He has fucking plastic. soap rounds from training today. Yeah. He, he's all beat up, man. We, we're going to have you on again. I mean, you know where we live. I know where you live. Yeah, I know. I know where both of you live, actually. Yeah, I know. I know. And uh But it's time though. I have a baby. I'm yeah, you have a baby, down, you know? Mitchell has a baby, I got an Xbox. We um <laughs> we gotta all get to our thing and um and we appreciate all our viewers like usual. I just wanna give a shout out to everybody that does follow us or is new followers, check out the rest of our podcast. We have some shit on them like this and I just We've been really wanting to get you on, Damone. Yeah, man. Uh, it was, Truthfully. It was a joy. I had a good time. Like, I'm taking my glasses off because I'm serious right now. Like, it was a good one. That was a good podcast. I appreciated, like, you sharing as much as you did, and I want to pick your brain on some more shit that we, you know, get to. So, thank you for coming on. Mitchell, thank you for always doing what you do, man. Hosting the podcast at Casa yeah. de McCall. 
Casa yep. de Macal. So. Casa de Macal. Well, appreciate you cooking for us this evening and appreciate all the support from everybody else. And we will catch y'all next time. Episode 30 next this next week. So, everybody, keep it real, boys, girls. Stay cool. <laughs>